On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan and Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the end of Chacht Erechor. Agus Suligam a Makan Shah Gurfeder Echor in Uik Kart Len of Winter Fame. Skilti Fis Turmi. Tashe Dochretche Nach Vetoch Ara Igornamion on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo Daily, Liam Burns' arrest and what it means for the Kinahan cartel. There was a very significant arrest over the weekend, that of Liam Byrne, who is affiliated to the Kinahans. A Kinahan organised crime group leader described in the High Court as heavily involved in drug trafficking and violent crime has been arrested in Spain. And also involved in the Byrne organised crime gang. He was arrested in Alcudia in Mallorca while eating in a restaurant with family members. Now, his arrest follows that of the son of Thomas Bomber Kavanagh. Jack Kavanagh was arrested by Spanish police last week. The arrests of Liam Byrne and Jack Kavanagh in Spain follow an NCA intelligence-led investigation supported by the Spanish National Police and the Gardaí. So what does all of this mean for the Kinahans? Especially at a time when Christy and his sons Daniel and Christy Jr. are said to have set up shop in Iran after US sanctions no longer made them feel safe staying in Dubai. Iran is a perfect, perfect bolt hole for them because time things have got quite uncomfortable for them in Dubai. But in Iran, they're completely isolated from the rest of the world. I'm Siobhan Maguire, and to help me find out more about what is going on, I'm joined by the Irish Independent Special Correspondent, Paul Williams. Paul, the Kinahan's crime cartel has been dealt quite the blow over the weekend. Can you tell me what's happened? So this was as a result of the famous IncroChat hack, where basically this was a secured messaging system used by criminals and others across Europe. But a number of security agencies in Europe basically broke into that and deciphered it all um, back about three, four years ago. And as a result of that, hundreds of criminals right across the world have been convicted. Uh, Tens and hundreds of millions of euros worth of drugs have been seized as a result of this IncroChat hack. And it would appear that Liam Byrne is the latest victim of that because what we understand from the NCA's uh, statement is that, and the Spanish police, is that they have him for 
dealing in firearms. And there's one very specific piece of information where they're saying that he, he was involved in the organising the delivery or the transportation or the trafficking of 14 weapons. So it's very specific information. It, basically, in the end of the day, he's caught and he's well caught. So Spanish police released footage of the capture. They didn't name him in a statement, but they did describe him. I'll just read what, what they put out. National police officers have arrested in Majorca a dangerous Irish fugitive who's a member of the Kinahan clan and was a priority of the UK's National Crime Agency for leading a criminal association involved in weapons trafficking. They knew what they were doing, Paul. He was out having a, a family meal. They knew exactly where to find him. Flying back into Europe is a no-no for these guys because the one place that they're most vulnerable is in Europe because you have the European arrest warrant, which even though the Brits have left the European Union, there's still those agreements in place. Um, so Europe is a very hot zone for these guys. So he came in for this. And if he thought that he was going to come in under the radar, like the guards are all over these guys here. So the Brits are all over them. You know, they're different tentacles and they're different parts of the organisation. So when they start moving and make a significant move, like coming uh, from Dubai to uh, Mallorca for a, for a family gathering, the security services are going to know about it. And uh, he is facing, it would appear, at least 20 years in prison because his brother-in-law, Thomas Bomber Kavanagh, who was the, in charge of the, uh, one of the guys in charge of the British end of the operation, is currently serving 21 years in prison and will serve at least 10 years of that behind bars. So this is, and, and, and to say that uh, the arrest of Liam Byrne is one of the most significant developments since the so-called Kin and Hutchview broke out is quite accurate because he is is one of the most senior figures uh, to be lifted. Like, for example, his first cousin is Fat Freddie Thompson, who we did the podcast on here recently. Um, uh, you know, he is immersed in organised crime. Taking him out of the picture is a very, very good day's work for law enforcement. Paul, I might ask you to remind us in a couple of minutes of what we know about Liam Byrne. But you mentioned Thomas Bomber Kavanagh and we had an arrest last week uh, that relates to him. Yeah, his son, Jack Kavanagh, who is also a nephew of, of, of Liam Byrne, was arrested uh, at Malaga Airport last week, um, which again, has only it only actually emerged in the past 24 hours that he was also arrested. That again is a significant move because he was moving from Dubai and he was travelling on to Turkey. Now, um, he clearly is wanted by the, the NCA as well, the National Crime Agency in the UK. So they clearly have him on the incro chat uh, organising criminal activity. So, you know, that again, and he's 22, so he has, you know, he, he can thank his daddy and his uncle for sucking him into a life of crime because at 22 is quite a young age to be sent off for, like, if these charges, and we don't know, we can't prejudice uh, the, uh, the the decisions of the UK courts, but these charges are very, very serious. Uh, and if he's involved in any way, he's going to spend at least 10, 10 years of a 20-year stretch in in prison. So uh, this is again, as we say, a major uh, victory for the law enforcement coalition, like the Gardaí here are very much involved in this. The National Crime Agency, the FBI, the DEA, Interpol, Europol, you know, uh, this is a, this is an international effort. Um, So what we're seeing is, you know, we are now seven years since this atrocity happened. The uh, 
the attack on the Regency Hotel. And that story is still panning out. And that story will be, we would still be talking about this story in another two or three years because it takes that length of time to bring all these guys to justice. Um, and so, but today or t- this weekend, this is a very significant development. And Liam Byrne, of course, is the brother of of David Byrne, mm. the, the man who was murdered mm. uh, during those Regency shootings. What else do we know about Liam, Paul? Well, Liam Byrne was in the Regency on the day of the attack and he was one of the prime targets. He would have been the, the so-called high-value target that they would use, They would say um, they wanted Liam Byrne and they wanted Daniel Kinnan particularly out of the way. This guy, Liam McGovern, was another fellow that they wanted out of the way, but they had shot and injured him. Uh, and so he escaped. They, they managed to escape that day, and David Byrne ran into the, go- ran into the hit team dressed as, as a SWAT team and shot him dead. But L- Liam Byrne is a guy with an awful lot of blood on his hands. Uh, he's been involved in violent crime since he was a teenager. Uh, he was part of this, the first really powerful... Uh, and highly volatile, very dangerous new breed of criminals who emerged in the late 90s, early noughties. Um, he, was, he was in prison for much of the so-called Crumlin and Drimna feud. And Paul, you know, around a decade ago, Byrne and his gang indeed, they appeared to be untouchable. Spending time in their native Crumlin, they had expensive cars, they weren't afraid to flash the cash, so to speak, they had their own kind of fortified homes at Raleigh Square. We knew about the very close ties with the Kinnahans. Liam Byrne left Ireland after the Criminal Assets Bureau seized his Dublin home three years ago. It had a bar, a gym, a home cinema, expensive furnishings and lighting, along with bulletproof windows, electronic gates and a CCTV system with remote-controlled cameras outside. As I say, his first cousin is Fat Freddie Thompson. Uh, he has got a serious pedigree when it comes to organised crime. He has a lot of blood on his hands. He was involved in intimidation, extortion, attacking people. But he led the charge, himself and Daniel Kinahan, uh, the, the counter-attack, so to speak, the bloodshed that was unleashed on the streets of Dublin in the, in the aftermath of the Regency Hotel attack. And basically, they were responsible for up to another 14 murders directly. Um so Liam Byrne has, he offered himself and Daniel Kinnahan offered at one stage a one million euro uh, bounty for <clears throat> the capture of Jerry Hutch. Now, um, when I wrote the book, The Monk, about this, um, he his plan, uh, Liam Byrne's plan for Hutch was to, to have him taken off the streets somewhere in Europe or in Ireland uh, and brought to a location uh, alive because he wanted to torture him. Um, whereas Daniel Kinnan just wanted him whacked. Doesn't matter, just kill him. Uh, let's not bother with all that nonsense. Uh, and the reason Liam, Liam Byrne, as I said before about him, he, he was more Quentin Tarantino than um, than uh, Daniel Kinnahan. He wanted to give him a slow and brutal death. Uh, and that's the kind of world these guys live in, and he's been just driven by vengeance. Um, the fact that his brother was murdered and probably had a bit of a coming to him because he was part of a murderous gang of cutthroats, that doesn't matter. Um, he felt very aggrieved that his poor brother was shot dead uh, and so therefore he would kill anybody. And he was the guy himself, true Freddie Thompson, who was the, the brought home to run the so-called war. You know, they were offering 
huge amounts of sums of cash to hitmen and to people to give them information about the movements of members of the Hutch family to set them up and murder them. But when we talk about Liam Byrne, he didn't keep as low a profile as some of his peers, Paul. We would have seen him having a connection with Liverpool legend Stephen Gerrard, for example, because his son and Gerrard's daughter are in a relationship Mm. and there's absolutely no suggestion that there are any criminal links to any no, other members not, but you, of his family. But you do family. wonder, like it's a bit like the boxing fraternity, you know. You do wonder why Stephen Gerrard, who is so well known and respected in the sporting world, has any truck to do, would be even appearing in any pictures with, with Liam Byrne or any of these people. You know, I, I find that extraordinary. But uh, Gerard and the couple, I mean, they have no involvement in criminality. No, they don't. No, no, but I yeah. want you to make the point. Look, but Stephen Gerrard has still allowed himself to be photographed with this notorious scumbag from Ireland. Uh, far pardon for me for letting that sli- slip out. But like, you know, this is... Uh, this is the, the the top tier of really bad people in Europe he's dealing with, I, I, I consorting with. I don't understand it. I want to ask you uh, now about, because we're talking about the Byrne organised crime gang and you can't talk about them without talking about the, the Kinnahans. And um, Christy and uh, his two sons, uh, Daniel and Christy Jr., they have essentially set up shop now in Iran, right? Well, we put it in absolute clearly as possible. The belief is that they are now in Iran. We were talking last week to an international crime agency, basically, and they said to us, look, we believe he's there, but there is no confirmation. And the reason there's no confirmation is because Iran is a perfect, perfect bolt hole for them because things have got quite uncomfortable for them in Dubai. But in Iran, they're completely isolated from the rest of the world. Iran... Uh, has no connection with law enforcement or diplomas, diplomats or anybody, anything like that in the Western world. They despise anyone to do, it has anything to do with the United States. So Ireland is get, going to get no cooperation from the, Iran, from the Iranian authorities in in trying to track down or to confirm the whereabouts of the Kinnahans like it would be normal in international affairs uh, because they're seen as an ally of the, the hated US. Um, also, we know that... Um, you know, Christy Kinahan has been forging connections with all these countries. Very, very strategic guy. Christy Kinahan Sr. Uh, has always been a very strategic thinker and operates like a, he fancies himself as a as an international uh, businessman. You know, the commodities that he happens to deal in doesn't really bother him. Um, so he has had links to them. There is information that he was trying to buy, for example, a fleet of secondhand aircraft from the Egyptian uh, Air Force to for the Iranian Air Force. Um, uh, that def clearly puts him in that sort of paradigm with the terrorists and makes him and puts him and his sons into the into the category of narco-terrorists. Um, he is also, the DEA recently did a report where they believe that the Kinnahans have heavily invested in this place called Kish Island. It's a luxury resort owned by Iran off the Iranian coast. Um, so they're two aspects of where there is some kind of tangible evidence of their connection to Iran. What happened in Dubai then? How did things sour so that they choose Iran? Well, you see, the US is very, very important to the whole existence of the United Arab Emirates and Dubai in these places because these are not, these are sort of like city-states. They're just gleaming palaces of consumerism stuck in the middle of the desert Um all based on oil. So they're, they're absolutely dependent on the Americans. So the Americans put the squeeze on them. 
And so today, the United States Department of State is pleased to announce a reward of up to $5 million for information leading to the financial disruption of the KTCO or the arrest and convictions of its leaders, Christopher Vincent Kinahan, Daniel Joseph Kinahan, and Christopher Kinahan Jr. We still don't know the nitty-gritties of, the, of what has been going on over there. It's quite possible they still are in Dubai. There's a lot of confusion as to where they are. And I'd say only a few, very few people in the intelligence community actually know where they are. Because I do know that for the likes of Interpol and Europol uh, and even the DEA, they're all saying that we believe they're there, but we can't confirm it. So, Paul, let's say if they are in Iran, does that make them safer in terms of escaping the law? Are they now untouchable? Oh, they are. They are the safest place they can possibly be for now. But it's a very febrile world they live in. The only thing that could really cause them problems now is they were thrown out uh, and leave them rambling around. But having said all of that, there are no charges against the Kinnans here, for example, yet. Uh, We don't know if the EncroChat uh, hacking, you know, in Europe, whether that has produced charges for, say, the the NCA uh, in the the UK um, or the Drug Enforcement Agency or for the Americans or whatever. But they are terrified that because of the fact that they're now being classified as narco-terrorists, they would be even more concerned now that Liam Byrne has been arrested. they really have very few places to go, even if there were no charges against them. They don't want to take a chance in coming around Europe. To burn doing what he did, they would be saying, he's an idiot. Why did he come back to Spain from Dubai when he, it was a very good chance he'd be picked up? So the Kinnahans are safe for now. Um, there is no, like the guards, like we were talking about a very senior uh, figure in, in, in international law enforcement last week, that the guards could do all they want, uh, knocking on the door of the Iranians, say, look, we're looking for these criminals, the notorious criminals here in Ireland. Um, can you help us? Uh, they'd be told to show off. There will be no conversation between them. So in terms of finding a place to hide, Iran is probably the best place for them. And my thanks there to Paul Williams, Irish Independent Special Correspondent, for joining me today. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by myself, researched by Aoife Breslin with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from RTE and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.